0: Welcome back to Black Girl SOS, it's your girl Snobby, and today, uh, today, we're going to talk about how some of you motherfuckers should have been left behind, like, comprehension levels are slow, and a lot of you are okay with, like, just not being smart, and, and that shit is weird and offensive to me, here's the thing, so I just watched, uh, Judas and the messiah um i mean the black messiah first of all amazing movie well done everybody just wow i mean i I was overwhelmed um i will i'll tell you right before i get to any spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't seen the movie so that you will have the opportunity to turn off the pod I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Um, And by ruin it, I just mean ruin actually having the experience of watching the movie. I think we all should know how the movie ends. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't know how the movie ends, We then I'm talking about you. Then you're the people I'm talking about in this episode if if you don't know how the movie ends, right? Um, and, And by that, I mean we all know that. Fred Hampton is is murdered by the FBI. If that's the first time you've heard about if that's the first time you've heard anyone say, or that's the first time that your brain has registered that Fred Hampton was assassinated by the Federal Bureau of Investigation of these United States, you're you're amongst the people that I'm talking about. And some of you motherfuckers should have been left behind. Um So you know, part of the course, a movie comes out—a black movie at that—about a historical prominent black figure, and the socials are going social, and and I'm going to scour. I'm going to scour. I'm. I'm, This is who I am. I'm reading articles and um, by the people who made the the movie. uh, I read a great article. I'm not. I'm not the hugest fan of Complex, if I'm being honest, um, but. They did a phenomenal job with this article um of the Lucas brothers um and uh they they are from whom we got this movie and just I mean you know I'm watching all these interviews with Daniel uh kalua I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right Kaluya um any anyone who knows the proper pronunciation I mean I've heard it and for some reason I still I, the auditory and, and 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 the oratory are not they're not sinking yet we're working on it um but honestly the more i watch his interviews the more i i just adore this man just love um but i you know i i sat in on an interview with some of the people that were involved in this movie um dominique who who plays um Fred Hampton's wife um one of the costume directors on uh on the the movie um and and chairman Fred Hampton Jr. um so I've done I I really immersed myself in what is Judas and the Black Messiah and all it's really done is proved to me that a lot of you motherfuckers lack comprehension. Like, you do not comprehend. And I don't understand. I even asked this question very recently on Twitter. I said, uh, <laughs> I said I need to know when comprehension stopped being a thing. Because no one, if people really don't comprehend what they read. Y'all know this is going to be a bluebird moment. We we about to get, we about to get into it today. We are about to get into it. So, as I was dragging and saying, you know, why, why don't people comprehend when did people stop comprehending? I also followed that tweet up, par for the course for me. I said, you know, y'all can't convince me that the No Child Left Behind Act worked. It didn't. A lot of you motherfuckers should have been left behind. <laughs> this, this did not work, okay? This act did not work. So, for those of you who are not familiar with the No Child, um, the No Child Left Behind Act, really quick, 2001 uh, W, which is Bush number two, signs. Um, it's, it's it's an upgrade to a previous education policy, uh, but essentially the point of this policy is to one, tie monies to compliance and, and heavy sanctions to performance. So the concept, you know, the, the, the marketing of No Child Left Behind is we're going to pour this money into, um, poorly funded and, and, and poorly testing or not testing, but poorly funded, um, districts, uh, you know, disenfranchised districts. We're going to pour these monies into the district to ensure that these kids are getting an equitable opportunity to their more privileged counterparts, right? So we don't need to put money into these districts. We don't need to put as much money into these districts because these districts uh, also have private monies, right? But these districts that are predominantly in poor communities, communities of color, they need much more money because, these kids are not doing as well academically. And we know what that translates to over the life of an adult, right? So we're not going to drag that out. The way it's implemented is no state has to comply with No Child Left Behind. You you don't have to. If you don't comply, though, you don't get access to the funding. Essentially, you you need to comply because there's no state that doesn't have districts that need these monies. How it's effectuated or how it's gauged to ensure that it's actually effective is based on testing, based on standardized testing. So between, I think it's, I, it's, I know it's elementary school, elementary and junior high school. So during those grade, during those grade years, the, the students need to be tested and they need to hit a certain scores. They need to hit certain scores on the test because the districts are going The test scores are going to be, um, they're going to be analyzed for individuals, and then they're going to be analyzed for racial demographics, and then they're going to be analyzed for districts. And so if you're not making these marks, then these very heavy sanctions come down on your district. That led to teaching for testing, as opposed to teaching people how to learn. So we've always had standardized testing. As long as I've walked the earth, which is now 41 years, we have always had standardized testing. I've never, I could not tell you any portion of my educational life where standardized testing was not um, an absolute part of that. And what I can tell you the difference between when I was in primary school and junior high school versus when I started teaching is the style of teaching and what is taught and what happens on off times. So when we when the students are not in school. The style of teaching when I was in school was teaching for the purposes of me learning. The style of teaching when I became an educator was focused on teaching that exam because they needed to pass that exam. Right? That exam is tied to that exam is tied to both sanctions and money. We don't want sanctions, we do want money. We need those grades. So we went from teaching for the purpose of ensuring students are learning to teaching for the purposes of them passing an exam. When I was in school, comprehension was a regular activity. I I wanna say forced activity, because i can't think of a better way to put it um mandatory that's the word i'm looking for it was a mandatory activity wasn't optional so if i got called on in class and i didn't know the answer i couldn't say i don't know i would have to think my way through it like i mean literally this was this was my entire life in school this is what school has always looked like for me i can think back i can think as far back as first grade and one sp um which was the smart class even though it's it's kind of crazy to reasonably deduce how smart a first grader is before they get there but nonetheless always more they were accurate about me so doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of this example they were correct about me um but miss ford my first grade teacher who i still love and adore i think top tier amazing black woman um also you know there's the the fact that i have black educators but we'll touch on that another time um i remember very vividly you know she would tell us to do this thing where she would go reach up in the air grab your thinking cap put your thinking cap on and she and we would out to think our way through the response so it wasn't like oh you could say i don't know and then just sit down and get and and you know what i'll smoke feed you which i found to be more of the case when i became an educator when students didn't know especially when i moved from junior high school to high school that there was no forced comprehension engagement like you didn't have to try to figure it out you could say i don't know And an I I don't know would somehow cue the educator to point you in the right direction. In some instances, in the best instance, point you in the right direction. In the worst instance, spoon feed you the response or the answer, rather than having you talk yourself through the problem. And I'm just like... Yeah, this is this is a very different approach, and then finally, um the out of school component. When and, I, and I'm not talking like homework, right? I'm talking about like when we're out of school for large portions of time. When I was in school, when we went out for Christmas break, or, or for Thanksgiving break, Easter break, you know, when you got when you got those week long fucking holidays that you lived and died for when you were little. Um, we got these big-ass homework packages. Honestly, these shits were more brolic than, like, regular school packages. I was like, who is responsible for this vacation pack? Because this shit is aggressive. Um, You know, we had those close connection books, which was key, key, Key. When I tell you I mention close connections regularly, those people should sponsor me. Okay? That is how often I talk about it and bring it up because it is such. It was such a key component in keeping comprehension as a mandatory requirement, even when you were out of school. So you know, we had the big math packet, we had the science packet, social studies packet, you had the English packet, which was essentially close connections. And why I harp on close connections in particular. Is because it, it close connections was like, it was like literary al- algebra, right? Um, it's funny. I, I've seen very recently, often people posting, I, you know, I'm this many years old or I'm, I'm an adult and I still haven't used algebra, and I'm like you might be the people I'm talking about because you don't realize that you do use algebra. You may not use the mathematical sense of algebra, but you do use the concepts that you learned in algebra because the concept is solving for X. It's solving for the unknown. Nevertheless, always the more I'm I'm not, (laughs) I'm going to try really hard to stay on topic because baby y'all stress me out with this lack of intelligence that y'all are okay with. Um, Anyway, so like I was saying, close connections is like the literary version of algebra, because you need to solve for what's missing based on what you've read. Based on what you read, you have to think yourself through what is a logical next sentence? What's a, a logical next word? What's a logical next train of thought to what you're reading? You are still forced to do the comprehension exercises outside of school. Fast forward to when I became an educator. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even see a lot of vacation packs. I seen I seen very, very few, um, I seen very few schools actually give out um holiday homework. Um, most of them were at the public schools. And additionally, they were focused on test prep we were still teaching the test and not teaching anything else. Right. And then people wonder why motherfuckers don't know anything. Like you, you, they don't know how to learn because they haven't been taught to learn. They don't know how to comprehend because they have not been taught to comprehend. Comprehension is, is, is an activity you have to do regularly to stay good at it. You know what I'm saying? It's like a foreign language. If you don't use it, you will lose it quickly. And we live in a very microwave society, so it's super, super easy to lose it. So I say all of that just to set up what the No Child Left Behind Act is for those who don't know. Coming back to this phenomenal movie. Sorry, allergies. But by now, y'all should be used to me and my allergies. I promise I'm not on drugs. It's just my allergies. <laughs> um, so to come back to the movie, um, I'm. I'm let me find this screenshot. So I'm... <laughs> I um I'm reading uh social comments about the <laughs> I'm reading comments about the movie and one comment was they 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 should have went more into uh you know Fred Hampton's life. That's not the, the title of the movie is Judas literally first word Judas and the Black Messiah. So you know what the context of the movie is about. It's about the person who was an informant who essentially got Fred Hampton killed. You know what the movie's about. It's about that guy. That's the guy we're talking about. That's the guy we got to keep a fucking eye on. They made it clear for us when they titled the movie Judas. Now, maybe you ain't a friend of the Bible, you know, to each his own. But Judas is a very commonly used phrase. So even if you know you are not a friend of the Bible and and you don't know the story of Judas, you've heard it before. You know the context in which it's used, right? Or Google it if you don't know. Google it, like yo, why why are they calling this shit Judas and the Black Messiah? What are they talking about? Who fuck is Judas? I don't know the no fucking Judas. Google it. That that was a perfect opportunity to Google Judas and 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 let the math math for you. So now you understand that we are keeping our eyes on Judas. We watching this motherfucker. He done did some shit. That's why it's the first name in the title, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's very clear. This story is about that relationship and how we got to where we are as far as Fred Hampton no longer being with us, right? But alas, people are talking about, oh, you know, they they could have went um, you know they didn't really touch on his relationship um, with I I can't remember her name Jesus Christ with his wife um, that's that's not what this story is about that's not and that's not to say that there isn't a story there that's to say that this story is not that it's not that and no one gave you that impression did you watch the trailer the trailer didn't give you that impression did you read the title the title didn't give you that impression so you lead me to believe you simply don't know how to comprehend i was having a conversation with someone who um a good friend of mine uh had me on um i want to say his podcast i'm not i'm not sure if if that's available yet, or whatever the case may be, but um this this came up with him also um we were talking about you know definitely we're gonna watch this movie, this movie's gonna be amazing, you know, we really can't wait to to see what what these you know what everyone's done with this um, and I was sharing with him you know just some of the immersive experiences I've had uh in read the movie, and he goes on to say, you know when i first when I first uh saw the opening line of the trailer or the opening scene of the trailer i was just like right then and there i knew i was gonna watch it he said you know but as i watched the rest of the trailer i just was like a little disheartened that you know that they're showing you know how this guy is a traitor and you know how he did all this stuff and i was like but that's that's a true story though (laughs) one that's a true story i was like two that's a story that needs to be told Three. It's called Judas and <laughs> the Black Messiah. What did you think we were going to be talking about? Like, what did you think they were going to be addressing? Um, and, and I'm just like, yo, people are struggling. People are really struggling to comprehend that this particular story is about this particular relationship heavily focused on this particular man's actions and how it affected this particular man. And I'm just like, I, to me, this is, you know, red, yellow, blue, this is primary, extremely basic. I, I don't understand why people's brains are not registering all of these really, really basic concepts. Like, right. Like why, why is the struggle persistent? But it is the the struggle, the struggle is persistent. And I want to, let me let me get this uh, cuz this this tweet in particular really um let me know that the stupid levels were they were a bit high they they were a bit high <laughs> they they're definitely not low they're not low at all uh what happened to this tweet So she says there's something sorely missing from Judas and the Black Messiah I want to see the complexity of Fred Hampton's story, the love story between Fred and Deborah. Deborah, thank you. I couldn't think of her name. Uh, Between Fred and Deborah, the ways in which the BPP loved on our community, there's a white gaze here that is hard to watch. No, sis, there's a gaze over your brain, and it's difficult to read. You want to see the complexity of Fred Hampton's story. First of all, I'm almost positive there is a Fred Hampton story that she can watch. Uh, But there's absolutely a book she can read. That I know unequivocally. There's a book she can read. That'll absolutely give her that. Do you want to see the love story between Fred and Deborah? I don't know if that story's actually been done. But hey, pick up a pen. Pick up a pen. Pick up a pen. Some of the best writing advice I've heard thus far um, as I venture back into my love and journey with writing is to write your favorite story that hasn't been told. Pick up a pen. You pick up the pen. You want to see that story, you haven't seen it, pick up a pen. You tell it. You do the research, you pick up a pen. That one, Deborah is still very much alive. She doesn't use that name anymore. She has another name and that name, I, I, I can see it in my head, but again, I don't know how to pronounce it told you. When, when I have to learn uh, new names that are not um, just indigenous to my ear, I have to practice it like everyone else. Take, it in, take in your auditory until you can nail it oratory, right? So we're still working on that. Um, she wants a story about the way the Black Panther Party loved on our community. I can assure you there's plenty of content out there about that. Plenty, but if there's some particular version of that content that you want to see that you haven't seen, pick up a pen. Pick up a pen. The white gay shit. I, I... Here's why that completely. I, I was like, this woman is, is she, one, she doesn't comprehend, right? Because she doesn't know that this movie is about what this movie is about, it's not about all those other things. This is also what, I, what I'm talking about when I say people don't comprehend that a whole, somebody's whole story means that there's multiple stories in there, right? There's multiple chapters to that book. Is this the entirety of Fred Hantha's life? Hell no. Of course not. But we never said we were telling that whole story, or they never said they were telling that whole story. They said they were telling this portion of his story. That's it. And how people can't comprehend that befuddles me. But to say that there's a white gaze on this very very black movie that Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. and his mother played a very active role in and I mean a very active role. First of all, it was vetted with the family. Um, The stars spent quality time with the family i watched an interview uh and actually it you know if you watch this movie on hbo max um as opposed to a theater yes there are theater options if you watch this on hbo max there are other interviews after the movie um available for you to watch and and you should get into those those are pretty good so on there there's an interview with chairman fred jr and 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 daniel and they talk about how um you know when they when they first met before they started filming, like Fred Chairman Fred Jr. like took Daniel to the hood hood of Chicago. Like when I say this was a really immersive um, approach to making this movie, and the family was heavily involved in it, it befuddles me that that is very public information, and someone would say this movie had a white gaze on it. black filmmakers, black directors, uh, black actors, um, this shit was blackity black, Uh, it was, it was a blackity black, blackity black, black, the director is black, right, I, hold on, I forget who directed this, I know, I know the filmmakers are, are black, the guys that, uh, did the screenplay, are Black. I, I want to see the directors Black, so I'm almost 3,000% positive. If I'm wrong, anyone feel free to correct me, but I'm almost 3,000% positive. This is like one of the Blackest movies in a long time, okay? <laughs> and it, it's definitely the Blackest movie of 2021. It, everyone's Black. Blackity Black, Black, the L Black. And um, her her take on it is that there's a white gaze. And I'm just like, how sweet? How? How? What are you not comprehending about this is just this piece of that man's story? Because she can't comprehend that the purpose of this movie is not to tell the whole story, she sees it as a white gaze. Let me tell you something. There is a serious lack of self-awareness and self-assessment that a lot of people suffer from. And and this is a very typical version of it that when you don't comprehend you think that someone else or you think something external is the problem no the problem is that you don't comprehend (laughs) This this is a very simple issue you don't comprehend um so in the interview that i was talking about that they did for uh that they did with complex they um they talked about wanting to tell this story, this really particular story, in in the same way um, that the confirmist was done. Um, and, and it's a it's a real particular POV, and in like the emphasis, the emphasis is on co co intel which is basically having an insurgent and I mean an informant you know, insert themselves into, um, infiltrate, excuse me, infiltrate themselves into an organization or into someone's life and have that person be the source of information, right? And so they they were really clear on the way they wanted this story told. Um, They were really clear in in, um, just kind of the cinematic style they wanted to mimic. Um, They even talked about the fact that when they were trying to sell this movie, because if you're familiar with the Lucas Brothers, they're, you know, kind of known for being like stoner comedians they're you know it's it's like that half-baked energy and this is a really serious story it's a really serious cinematic piece and and their approach that they had for it you know that they were really particular about wanting um studios just couldn't see them doing that like they're like nah y'all, y'all not even about this life um but shout out to them for proving them wrong um and you know, and they said, you know, we just don't think that people took us serious enough to do this kind of cinematic work. Um, but you know, here we are. They they got with the right director, and they were able to collaborate and 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 bring us really some some phenomenal work. But I, I say all that to say, um, people are trying to manufacture what this movie was supposed to be. Instead of understanding what the movie is. Basic comprehension. Very basic comprehension. If this movie had been entitled The Autobiography of Fred Hampton and that was the story they gave us, I would cosign. I would cosign. I'd be like, well, I mean, did you try? (laughs) Because is this it? Is that all you got? Like, we're talking about Buddy a lot no the movie is judas <laughs> and the black messiah this is the relationship that they're exploring and i just i i can't get over the many many ways people can't comprehend that very simple thing again some of you motherfuckers should have been left behind you should have been left behind <laughs> because this, this didn't work for you This it this 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 didn't work for you. Uh, spoiler alerts are coming now because of course I have to touch on the movie because here we are, right? Cuz we're talking about it. That's what spawned me really having to address people not having compre- not having good comprehension skills and 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 how shitty the American education system has gotten. I mean, honestly, it went from bad to worse. It went from no child left behind to social promotion, which is fucking words so you're not smart but hey you didn't cause any problems in class so we're gonna promote you no you need to learn what you need to learn in the third grade so that when you get to the fourth grade you have enough base to add to it you know what i'm I'm not even gonna do this i'm not gonna do this i, I swear i'm not gonna do this i will have a whole other education topic um another time i'll get some of my educator friends on here we're really getting to the shits of how our communities are suffering from these lackluster, subpar educational policies. I I promise to do that because I'm getting more enraged the more I think about it. But again, all right, so this is the point where you need to turn off the podcast if you have not watched Judas and the Black Messiah and you don't want any spoiler alerts. And if this is where we are parting ways, I thank you so much for joining me until next time you have a good one don't forget com and follow us on instagram at black girl sos the girls with a y not with an i oh my god my allergies are really bad today and for those of you who are staying with me let's get into this movie right so the fbi agent said and i'm telling y'all i jumped off my couch in a fit of motherfucking rage a fit of fucking rage the FBI agent that is um that has Lakeith's character uh what's his name fuckboy bill has fuckboy bill infiltrating the black panther party he says to the the FBI agent says to fuckboy bill they can't race to equity they can't race to equity That was the most audacious white chick I had heard since about earlier in the day when they acquitted Cheeto. Like, huh? Sir, we're operating at a deficit. At a deficit. Our race to equity is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if we don't race, we're going to die. We are dealing with real shit due to inequity. We're dealing with food deserts. We're dealing with poor housing. We're dealing with voter disenfranchisement. We are dealing with um, inequities in pay. If we don't race to equity, we could die. Like our life is on the line. And the the Black Panther Party was not doing anything but trying to help. It's people and people similarly situated, similarly situated to find food, to find jobs, to have help help with education, to create community, to get good housing. And you consider a race to equity criminal enough that we need to kill this man. Wow. Wow! Wow! When I my my mind was blown, my mind was blown, and not because I I, I don't know that this is the way America, the white America, feels about us. I, I I know this. I'm I'm very conscious of it. I live a very very conscious life where I'm always alert to that fact. Hearing it orated in that way sent me, baby. I was enraged, I was like, oh, I'm about to fuck somebody up, I'm about to throw this TV, well, I ain't about to fuck my shit up, but (laughs) somebody about to get their ass kicked, I mean, it really, really pissed me off, and you think about it, what, this is over 50 years later, this is over 50 years later, and we had those exact same problems, those exact same problems. When I say our race to equity is a marathon, baby, I'm not exaggerating. This is why we got to move with, with, with expedience, and, and we got to move intentionally, and we got to, we got to be overzealous about needing equity, about demanding equity, about commanding equity. This shit is not a game. This shit is not a game. It's 50 years later. 50 years later, we still have the exact same issues. We have issues with voter disenfranchisement. We have issues with food deserts. We have issues with pay equity. We have issues with housing. We have issues with in, um, with in, with inequities in education. We have the exact same issues. The exact same issues, baby. That shit, uh-uh. that had that me... I, that was that let me know <laughs> that either and it's not an either because I, I know the answer right. But I, you know, as I was talking myself through my rage, I was like, "This these motherfuckers really don't comprehend what the black experience is and why there's such an urgency and a race as they put it to equity." And as I continue to talk myself through it. I got to the same conclusion I always get to. They get it. They just don't give a fuck. They get it. You do not get it. You do get it. You just don't give a fuck. You just don't give a fuck. Um, There was another scene um, where he's, uh, when they think that he's a rat and, you know, he is and they're talking about, and he's telling them, you know, how he used to steal the cars, pretending to be FBI agent. And, um, you know but but not carry a weapon and, and basically you know what he says is that a badge is scarier than a gun he's com- committing <laughs> grand theft auto under the guise of being a cop of being an fbi agent excuse me because a badge is much more dangerous than a gun wow 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 Fifty years later, same shit. Same shit. But people can't comprehend the reason the Black Lives Matter movement is important, but people can't comprehend the reason people are yelling, defund the police. You can comprehend it if you want to. You can you can sit down, read some things, understand. What people are talking about—understand how the badge being more frightening than a gun is—is is, is problematic. <laughs> you, you can why 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 wouldn't you be able to comprehend that? But what's 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 the deficiency that you're having that doesn't allow you to to comprehend that? Um, another thing that I thought was just really really interesting in regards to this movie. And I'm and I'm gonna wrap it here 'cause I don't I don't wanna talk too much about the movie. I would love to maybe do a live with uh someone, maybe take this movie to the black table and um and, and have and have like some conversation and some dialogue live about it. So I don't wanna overdo it on the pod, but um this is the first time that I've seen uh Dominique Fisher or Fishbrook? She plays Deborah in the movie, and uh, she's in a lot of things. Really talented young Black actress. I believe she's out of Brooklyn. And it's the first time that I have seen her. It's Fishback. Her last name is Fishback. Um, It's the first time I've seen her play her age, like seeing her play an adult role. She looks very young, which is, you know, on brand Black, don't cry. And so she often plays young roles. It's the first time I've seen her as an adult woman in a movie. And why it struck me as very interesting is because last week when Marie and Malcolm came out, or, you know, not last week when it came out, but when the trailer for Marie and Malcolm dropped and we, you know, everyone saw that it was obviously an adult movie. uh, It's about a couple. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, but that Zendaya is the lead in it and she is playing her age she's an adult woman but you know no one's ever really seen her play her age she generally plays a younger girl because she looks extremely young very akin to Dominique Fishback you know so I thought these were very interesting uh, similarities because they were handled very differently social media um, mass media um and mainstream media went up they were in a rage that zendaya would be playing you know this adult woman having this adult relationship and you know this is not appropriate you know he's a grown man well she's a grown woman they 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 cowered to protect her as if she was a young girl right ridiculous as fuck because she's a grown-ass woman but follow me when we got the trailer for Judas and, and the Messiah, there was not that same energy for Dominique Fishback, who also has predominantly played children's role. Like, not children's role, but, like, young teenagers. I mean, you know, like older teenagers or young teenagers, she plays youthful roles. I've never seen her play an adult. This is literally my, I'm not saying she hasn't, but this is literally my first time seeing her play an adult. And I want to say it's the first time in any project this large that she's played an adult. And there was not that same energy. There was not that same rush to protect her, right? Because we've only seen Daniel play, his major movies, he's a grown-ass man and all of them. You know, Black Panther. Um get out you know like he's a grown man and grown relationship functioning as a grown ass adult so that is how we perceive Daniel, because that's the way we've seen him presented we've only seen her presented youthfully there was no rush to protect her though nobody was up in arms these trailers dropped about the same time about the same damn time these movies came out a week apart a week apart that energy was very different we got a rush to protect the light-skinned girl we've got a rush to protect the girl with the long hair we've got a rush to protect i i want to say um yeah i'm almost positive let me let me look it up real quick before before i misspeak this is something i don't want to misspeak on at all i want to be quite clear on this let's protect the biracial girl who really gives us a little more comfort because she looks light skin right her skin is lighter her hair is longer Um, uh, we know she's got a white mother a white parent yeah her dad is the black one and um we we got to protect her like she should not be engaging in anything with this grown man like what kind of movie are you guys putting out this is inappropriate but the dark skinned girl the dark skin girl the dark skinned girl who's wearing her hair in a fro in the movie and and you know often has her hair in braids when she plays uh, her youthful characters the dark skinned girl should be all right we we don't need to cower to protect her she's fine she's fine. I mean, I could not find a more textbook um a more textbook definition of the way black women, dark women in particular, are are victims of adultification. Cuz essentially them not feeling a need to protect her is because they feel she can protect herself. She can handle an adult situation. She'll be fine, you know. There's there's, there's this need to protect women that they sexualize, women that they want in a sexual way, women that are appealing to them in a sexual way, and when the women are not, there's no need to protect, there's no want to protect. Like, we're still doing this shit. Like, this shit is still happening. Like, there's so many fucking layers to the bullshit that's happening to black women all the fucking time. Like, I was just hella, hella Aggie as I watched it unfold. Now, honestly, like I said, I thought it was ridiculous that they were all up in arms about Zendaya planning for a woman. She's grown. She's grown. She's been in Hollywood her whole life. I, She might be growner than me for all the fuck I know. I don't know, sis, personally. But to say, you know, she's probably been exposed to more things in life that I may have been exposed to at her age because of just her having access because she's young, rich, and famous. But I I just found it really, really interesting that there was this mass call to protect her. And no one even thought twice about about dominique just very very interesting very very interesting the way you know these things keep coming up and the way they they overlap and and the way comprehension skills allow you to see to see the bullshit from a mile away is there you only need to look but um anyway, like I said, I'm not gonna get all the way into the movie. That's something I would love to do on a live. I will probably take it to the black table, um, probably with one of my good sis, and um and 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 engage with with uh, whoever you know logs on to the live. Um that being said, as always, I appreciate you rocking with me. Please, 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 actively, actively listen. Read more often and write, and I'm—I don't care if it's just a journal or like you—you you do prompt writings, whatever it is, because these things are going to help build your comprehension skills. These are the ways you build your comprehension skills, and good comprehension skills are going to help you navigate life much more intelligently. You won't be doing shit like putting gorilla glue in your hair because you know to read some shit first before you spray it. You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. Just shit like that. Uh, if you haven't already copied your Black Girl SOS merch, make sure that you do that at www.brandsnobby.com. You can also find that link in the bio of my Instagram page, and that is a Black Girl SOS on Instagram. Girl with the Y, not with an I. And until next time, y'all have a good one.